have gathered here again, O oh God in heaven. Your word says that if any man thirsts, let him come. And out of his belly shall flow the rivers of living waters. Father, we have come that you would fill us up again. Fill us up, O oh God, till we overflow. That your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, even as I speak, O oh God in heaven, that Lord, you will speak through me. That Lord, the hearts of the people be blessed. And the name of Jesus is glorified in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Please be seated in God's presence. Again, just want to say happy Mother's Day to every woman. That the Lord God himself would bless you. And that he will cause his face to shine upon you. And above all, he will give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Praise the name of the Lord, hallelujah. We're looking at the last segment of our series, which we started about three weeks ago, talking about the law of advancement, hallelujah. And we're carrying on from our anchor text from the book of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14 from verses 10 to 15. If you're there with me, say amen. And if you're not, say wait for me. Okay, it's even on the screen. So for those of us, perhaps I'll be surprised if you don't have a Bible app on your phone. But again, it would be wrong for me to assume that everybody does. Okay, let's read together one to go. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And it says, And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more, forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. May the Lord bless you of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Just for the sake of recap, to bring everybody up to speed, we started this conversation three weeks ago, looking at what God's mind is on the subject of advancement. And I recall that I said that whenever God wants to speak to us, He usually tries to communicate with us in terms that you and I are conversant with. And He loves to give examples, praise God. And so, for example, in the life of the Christian, the Bible says, Proverbs 4 verse 18, God was clearly stating that if you want to know my intention for you as it regards to your past in life, it says the path of the just is like the light of the dawn that shines brighter and brighter until he reaches his full strength and glory in the perfect day. In other words, whenever you want to know what God's idea for you is that you make progress every single day. Hallelujah. In other words, the progress of yesterday cannot compensate for the progress of today. You must continually what? Move forward. Hallelujah. 
praise the name of the Lord. And I said that the subject of advancement is that it is the heritage of every believer. However, advancement does not happen on its own. There are certain steps that must be taken if you and I were to move forward. For example, when you woke up this morning, you made up your mind that you wanted to come to church. But I'm aware that there are no witches in our midst who teleported from their room to this place. Praise God. Hallelujah. You must have, at some point in time, made deliberate efforts to get to church. And so for that reason, if there is, if you want to make progress in life, you must be deliberate and to take relevant steps to ensure that you make progress in life. Hallelujah. And so for that reason, I recall that we began to look at various pillars of advancement. The very first one was that what? If you're going to make progress or advance, you must have a vision. Because the reality of it is what? Your body can only go where your eyes can see. Praise the name of the Lord. If you have ever seen a blind person walk, I'm not trying to downplay blindness. Please, um, for the sake of those who are watching, um, I'm very much aware of the situation or whatever it is, but I'm trying to give an example. If I've ever seen a blind person trying to take steps, for the reason of their eyes not being functional at that point in time, they almost like, in a way, don't make progress as such, except they have the aid of either a dog or a stick or whatever it is. But uh, again, they always use the aid of someone who is seeing. And so for that reason, if you want to make progress in life, you must have a vision. Praise God. Where do you see yourself tomorrow? Where do you see yourself five years from now? Where do you see yourself ten years from now? Even twenty years from now? Because the reality of it is what only those who have a vision are allowed to make progress. This is why the Bible says that where there is no vision, the only thing that you will notice is that the people begin to what? They perish. Also, in the context of advancement, that you need speed. One of the things that God uses to compensate for lost time is speed. Hallelujah. Because we understand that there is no time, whether we like it or not. Jesus is coming sooner than you and I thought yesterday. Hallelujah. And so for that reason, if we are going to reach our destination as a result of lost time, you and I need speed. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I recall that we talked about the subject of courage. In other words, the destiny does not answer to the timid. You and I must be willing to take bold steps. Hallelujah. Again, God giving an example of what he expects of you and I. He said that what? The wicked man runneth when no man pursueth. But he says, but the righteous shall be what? As bold as a lion. In other words, if you wanted to know how bold you need to look like or how bold you need to appear, then study the lion to see how he lives his life for you to understand God's idea when it comes to the subject of being bold. Hallelujah. And so for today, we are carrying on to discuss the subject of warfare. Hallelujah. The subject of warfare. The reality of it is many a times we assume that the Christian faith is a faith for the timid. Praise God. We may be gentle on the outside, but we are not gentle on the inside. Praise the name of the Lord. We may be gentle on the outside because the Bible says we be at peace with all men. But the reality of it is what? You cannot be what? Gentle on the inside. The Christian faith is a call for war. Hallelujah. And I think I made mention of it either, yesterday, either last Sunday or during our vigil on Friday. That whether you like it or not, the devil is against you. The day you chose to align yourself to Jesus, you became a target for the enemy. Hallelujah. 
This is why Jesus already told us in John 10 verse 10. He says that to what? The thief cometh not to do what? But to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if somebody is out to destroy you, what do you do? Praise God. If somebody is out to destroy you, what do you do? Praise God. You put up a fight. This is why Paul says what? You must do what? Fight the good fight of faith. So whether you like it or not, Christianity is a call to fight. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when I was pondering on the subject of fighting, just to digress a bit, you know, I just began to ponder on it because the reality of it is for us as believers, we don't fight to take, we don't fight to, um, I'm not going to put it now, we don't fight as though we don't know what we're fighting for, but we're fighting to take back what belongs to us. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, and I just gave the example of, you know, uh, could you imagine you bought a car and you gave, or rather, your friend took that car and is driving it all about town, making poses with it, taking Peter on Instagram, or oh, check out my new way. But the reality of it is the moment you come on the scene and your friend is resisting to give you what belongs to you, what do you do? You take it by force. Hallelujah. And so when we talk about the Christian faith, everything you need, everything you have has already been given. If not, God would not have risen on the seventh day. Praise God. The Bible tells us clearly, it says that what blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in what? In heavenly places. The Bible says in the book of 2 Peter, it said that what? For God has given us a set of very promises through which we have partaken of the divine nature. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, you and I have already been given. However, anything you search for and you don't see it in your life, somebody's with it. And what do you do? You take it by force. Hope I'm making sense. Praise the name of the Lord, okay? And so when it comes to the Christian faith, Paul was telling Timothy, because again, I think I gave the example last week or two weeks ago, Timothy was a guy with a promise. Timothy was a disciple of Paul. And as a result of being too young and being intimidated by the people around him, Timothy began to fear. And so Paul, in his usual manner, wrote a letter to Timothy. And Paul said to Timothy, in the book of 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 to 4, he says, you therefore, you must do what? Endure hardship as a what? As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For he says, no one engages in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life but rather you do what anything that will please him who enlisted you as a soldier praise the name of the lord jesus at salvation enlisted you and i as what his soldiers on the earth after all if you read all of paul's letters when you read from ephesians chapter 1 to 3 he begins to give us an image of who we are in Christ. Praise God. He's painting the picture of what God has already obtained for us in the life of Jesus Christ. But when you look at from the verse 4 to the chapter 6, sorry, from chapter 4 to chapter 6, Paul is telling you that what? That you and I must no longer allow ourselves to be given by the devil, but rather we must wage a good warfare. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, whether you like it or not, there are three dimensions to the believer. Hallelujah. There are three dimensions to the believer. First and foremost, 
is the, the aspect of sonship. Yes, you are a son, you are a daughter, but that only indicates your status in Christ. In other words, highlighting your relationship. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But as many that have received him, to them he did what? He gave power to become what? The children of God. And so, as it relates to relationship, you and I are sons and daughters of God. But he does not end there. Number two is that what? We are called to servanthood. Praise the name of the Lord. You and I are called to servanthood. A very interesting scripture. Matthew chapter 20. The Bible said that the mother of Zebedee or James and John came to Jesus. Asking him and saying that wherever you are going, I want my two boys to be there with you. And Jesus said, are you able to be baptized? With the baptism that I am about to baptize you. Praise the name of the Lord. And so for that reason, he said that what if anybody wants to be great, the secret to greatness is what? Service. And so whether you like it or not, as a Christian, you are what? Called to serve. Praise the name of the Lord. As a Christian, you are called to serve. You are not to be served, but you are there to what? Serve. But also the other dimension of the Christian is that what? You are called to do what? Fight. You are a soldier, and so you are a son or a daughter. You are a servant in the place of your purpose or your assignment. But the strategy to accomplishing your purpose is that what? You are enlisted as a soldier. Praise the name of the Lord. You are enlisted as a soldier. The Bible says that what? You therefore must ensure that you endure hardship, for no one entangles himself with the civilian matters. But you must do what? Please him. Who has called you for service? Praise the name of the Lord. So let's begin to look at what Paul says about the Christian faith as a mindful of time. First Timothy 6, verse 12. Paul, all I'm trying to do here is to validate to you that you have been called to fight. Paul says in First Timothy 6, verse 12, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. For he says, For only then are you able to lay hold on eternal life. You see, many at times when we talk about the spirit of eternal life, we think about it only limited to life after death. Praise the Lord. But life, eternal life, the Zoe life, is the God kind of life. Praise the name of the Lord. And so everything that every lifestyle of God is captured in what Zoe. Praise God. And so Paul here is saying that what that the only way. You can lay hold on that kind of life. Is that what? You must fight the good fight of faith. He says, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Second Timothy 4, and at the end of Paul's life, Paul is now telling Timothy that what? I have done what? I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished my course and above all, I have kept the faith. You see, the reality of it is this. The reason why the devil is fighting you is not because he wants to take your money, your life, or your children. It's simple. He wants you to negate the faith. Praise God. He wants you to what? Say no to the faith. He wants you to be apostate. Where you begin to say, Jesus is no longer the Lord of my life. Praise God. Because for everyone who claims that Jesus is not Lord, is destined for hell. Praise God. And he knows that he has got a short time and as such, 
he's willing to take as many with him. And so when Paul was telling Timothy, he said, one thing that I'm sure of is that what? I have not only fought a good fight, but above all, I did not lose my testimony. Praise God. I did not lose my testimony. That is the chief aim of the devil. For you to lose your testimony as a believer. Whether you like it or not, when you look at the life of missionaries, particularly those who have gone abroad to advance the gospel, many of them come back in bitterness. Praise God. Why? Because they would have felt the disappointments and the scars of battle. But the essence of it is that what? Regardless of what you would go through in your life, you must not do what? Lose your testimony. And so Paul is saying that I have kept the faith above all. And he says henceforth, because the reality of it is thus, only those that keep the faith to the very end are those that receive the crown of righteousness. Praise God. Many a times we start the race of life. It is not everybody who finishes. A classical example is in January. You say, oh, I want to lose X amount of weight. January, the gym will see you. Fantastic. February, Valentine comes. You start with the chocolate and then you're thinking, should I do this? In March, Mother's Day is today. So after all, I can't do myself. Praise God. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, by the time we get to July, I think we'll carry on from 2023. And so you realize that in life, it is not about starting the race. This is where you must make sure that you are stable in the faith. Because the Bible said, Paul was saying that what not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. This is why in the body of Christ, we are seeing so many Heretic teachings. Why? Because the essence of it is to lose your faith. Praise God. And this is why you must make sure, be deliberately intentional about making sure that your feet is standing. That's why Paul says, having done all, do what? Stand. Praise God. And so every day, every single day, winds are blowing up and down. The essence of the wind is to push you down on your back. Praise God. And it says, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Hallelujah. Say with me, I will not lose my faith. I will not lose my faith. You see, because Paul understood the dangers of it, and he said, that having done all, May I not be a customer? You see, the reality of it is that it's not about coming to church, attending Bible study, but above all, let the master meet you in your place of assignment. Hallelujah. Amen. So the question now is, how then do we win this battle? Paul gave us the answer. Paul says, finally, my brethren, he says what? Be strong. He didn't say in you. You see, one of the things that the devil tries to make us believe is that if someone's one of the greatest lies of the devil, is to convince people that it does not exist. Praise God. And so it did not say be strong in your own effort. Many a times we will tell ourselves, oh, I can handle it. Oh, I have what it takes to confront this challenge. Paul is saying here, finally, my brethren, he says what? Be strong in the Lord. Your confidence is within the 
flesh becomes the arm of flesh shall surely fail. But when your confidence is in God and what God has accomplished for you, that is the essence of today's teaching. That your confidence is in no other man but what? The Lord. Paul was saying, he said that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are what mighty in God. In God. For that Elisa will say that the only way we fight is that in prayer. Is when you put your life in the hands of God and God does the fighting. Praise God. And so this is how we win the war. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not what? Wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against rulers of this week, of this age, against what? Wickedness in heavenly places. He says, therefore, take off the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the devil in the evil day. Praise God. You see, in the course of my study, I began to understand that when Paul was saying, put on the armor of God, what he was trying to make us understand is that when you it on is to put it on once and for all. Praise God. A classical example is there are certain uniforms you have. For those of us who are nurses here, when you're going to your ship at work, what do you do? You put on your uniform, right? But when you're off duty, what do you do? You take off your uniform. But the reality of it is this as a believer, you cannot afford to put off your armor of God. Because the reality of it is you don't know the day of evil. And the only way you and I are able to win the battles of life is that what? The devil will meet us with our armor on. Praise the name of the Lord. Because this is how we win this battle. Praise God. It is not your armor, but what? It is God's armor. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And one of the ways through which we wage war is by what? Prayer. Praise God. It's by what? Prayer. The Bible says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? Availeth much. Praise God. Prayer is the strategy for warfare. Praise God. Growing up, I used to watch wrestling a lot until I realized that it was all staged. I think that was one of my. Just the way children are Santa Claus is not real. That, that was my own episode. Praise God, because I genuinely believe that Undertaker was a walking dead. I believe he was dead, you know. And so for that reason, it was so real to me. But the day I realized everything was staged, automatically, I stopped watching. It, was, it wasn't a case of, oh, let me watch a little bit. I just stopped. Praise God, because I was so heartbroken as a child. That, Are you telling me all these things that I believe already is a lie? And so the essence of what I'm saying is that in wrestling, you have what they call tag team. Praise God. And when you're being beaten, all you need to do is to tap your, your partner. And then your partner comes in to save your life. That is how we live our life. Praise God. Prayer is you tapping God to say, Lord, fight my battles. Praise the name of the Lord. Because like Exodus that we read, it says what? It says, stand still and do what? See the salvation of the Lord. 
For this, this God will fight your battles and you will what? Hold your peace. And so not praying is living a dangerous life. This is why the devil will do anything to fight your prayer life. Praise God. Because remember, he's waging war against you. When you refuse to pray, God refuses to act. It's not that God is wicked. But there are protocols that must be observed. Praise the name of the Lord. When we refuse to pray, God is unable to act. This is why in Ezekiel he says what? I sought for a man. The enemy is having his way with this people. I sought for a man who will stand in the gap. Praise the name of the Lord. And so whenever it's time to pray, it's your own way of saying, God, I cannot fight this battle. Because whether you like it or not, the devil is stronger than you. It's not heretical teaching. Praise God. Hallelujah. If it comes to experience, he was here before you. Praise God. If it comes to strength, you see, supernatural, and you are only God's work, natural. And so for you to win this war, you must seek a higher power, higher than you. That's why the Bible said that before you plunder a strong man's house, you must do what? First of all, bind the strong man. This is why God is seeking for you and I to pray. And so if we are going to make advancements in life, I don't see anybody who made advancement without praying. Whether you like it or not, anybody you see is succeeding. Something is backing them. Praise God. Anybody you see making progress, something is backing them. Whether in the secular realm or in the spiritual realm, Praise God. Something is back. We don't succeed. But, you know, funny enough, right? Um, I'm not sure if I should say this because it's online, but I'll try to say it in code. So, whatever you experience, understand. So, there's this guy who has the um, most successful logistics company. Every day we see the person, right? And so, one day I saw on Instagram that he went to India. And he went to the temple and he said, Oh, he just went to just pay homage, he just um, trying to explore the city for tourism. Thank you. And in my mind, I was wondering, I know this guy is not a Christian. Praise God. So obviously, there's a secret behind this success. Remember, I tell you, in this life, everything you see in the natural has a spiritual root. Praise God. And so you'll be naive to see that you can embark on this life through your natural means. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so here you understand that we are in warfare, but God is doing the fighting. And him fighting on our behalf is dependent on our prayer life. So when we stop praying, God stops fighting. Praise God. When we stop what? Praying. God stops fighting. The reality of it is what? We are in a war every day. You are in a war for the destiny of your children. You are in a war for the destiny of your marriage. You are in a war for the destiny of your career. Every single thing that concerns you, the devil is after. Why? Because he wants to negate your testimony. You say you are a Christian, but yet look at your marriage. You say you are a Christian, but look at your children. You say you are a Christian, but look at your business. All these things are trying to attack your testimony. But glory be to God. The Bible said that God, we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. The testimony here is what the blood accomplished for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Because we know that 
Once Christ conquered him on the cross of Calvary, Jesus said that, well, be of good cheer, for I have already overcome. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Number two, or rather number five, sorry, talking about our pillars for advancement, is the law of mindset. Praise God. Just like the, the word says, mindset is the settings in your mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is what? The settings in your mind. And remember, just like any device, how you set it determines what how you're able to utilize it. And that is why I say that destiny is a function of mindset. Praise God. Destiny is a function of what? Mindset. For every believer who is making progress, go and understand their mindset. This is why Paul says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. Because your mindset relates to your ideologies. How do you view life? There are certain people that all they see through life is negative. Praise God. Because the reality of it is perhaps they have been shaped by the environment or whatever it is. But it is not supposed to be so. Because the word of the Lord is what influences our mind. Praise God. You know, I can't forget the day I was leaving Nigeria to come to the UK for my master's degree. And I sat down with the lady's office, who was the agent between Swansea Uni and Bordeaux, the water Nigerians. And the very first thing, because my parents were first and foremost against me taking that step. Because they said, after all, you have a good job. You are a qualified accountant. Why would you want to leave this job into a land where you don't even know anybody? There's no promise as to whether it will work or not. But I always had this mindset. It may not work for others, but not me. Praise God. You see, because everything is what your mindset destiny answers to mindset and so the lady was saying you know i myself i schooled in the uk but i did not have a job and that's why i'm back in nigeria but i said for me a case will be different what is your conviction because that is what your life may be in your family marriages may have broken but not mine praise the name of the lord my other children may have done it wrong but not me because that is where God begins to work with. Praise the Lord. And I say that 99% of life's battles, first and foremost, starts in your mind. Because the devil wants to introduce thought patterns that will give him room to enter into your life. After all, I, I am of the opinion that if Job never feared, there are two soldiers as an example, not Job. Praise God. Somebody else would have been used. But Job said, the thing that I greatly feared, every single day, he lived in perpetual fear. He'll be making sacrifices just in case the children had done wrong in the sight of God. Praise the name of the Lord. And so you understand that destiny answers to your mindset. And the essence of it is that what? The battle starts with your self-identity. Praise God. The devil wants to question who you are. The moment you begin to question who you are, the battle is lost. Praise the name of the Lord. That is why even in scriptures, when you read it, Genesis 3, the Bible said that when Adam and Eve were naked, they went to go and hide. And God said, what have you done? And he said, oh, we heard your voice and we went to hide because we were, we were naked. And God asked Adam, who told you? Praise God. Because the reality of it is somebody is telling you something. Oh, it can never work. Who is telling you? Praise God. 
Oh, perhaps my marriage will not be successful. Who is telling you? Praise God. Or perhaps I can never get a job in Swansea. Swansea is a graveyard of ambition. Who told you? But that's the fact. These are facts. Praise God. Who told you? Because the moment you begin to question who you are, you are open to being anybody. Praise God. The moment you question who you are, you are open to being anybody. Hallelujah. We look at the scripture here, even as I begin to draw to a close. As it relates to the power of Babel, so that the power of the mind, this was God speaking. Genesis 11 verse 6. Genesis 11 verse 6. It says, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. This is the Amplified Version. It says, Now, nothing they have done what imagined that they can do will be impossible for them. This was God speaking. And so, whether you like it or not, if the devil is going to win, he must first of all make you what? Doubt who you are. He tried it with Jesus. If you are really the Son of God, then turn this stone into bread and eat. But Jesus was confident in himself. Praise the name of the Lord. Because the reality of it is this. The moment you begin to doubt yourself, self-sabotage is inevitable. Many of us are victims of self-sabotaging. You know, these are strong goals that have been formed in your mind over time. You know, I was listening to something. And I think they were giving the example of a bee. I'm giving an example, right? And this bee, scientifically speaking, could jump about six feet high, right? And so they put this bee in a glass jar. And for every time this bee will try to jump, right, it will hit the ceiling. And obviously, when you keep it in the ceiling, it's painful. And so, all of a sudden, instead of adjusting the height to which it could jump, and all of a sudden, they opened uh, the glass jar. Guess what? The bee was only jumping to the level of where it was hurting. And so, you realize that the environment you find yourself are the things that shape your mind. This is why Paul begins to say, be ye transformed and and, and renewed in the renewing of your mind. Because it's only a renewed mind that can know what the will of God is. I can tell you that it is God's will for you to be rich. Praise God. I'm giving an example. Because some say, oh, pastor's come again. Everything money. That's not true anyway. But the reality of it, I can tell you all these fantastic things. It is God's will for you to be healed. But until your mind is renewed, you can never embrace healing. Praise God. Because one of the things that you begin to question yourself is, oh, but this person trusted God for healing and they died. So would that be my case? That is not your business. Praise God. It's not your everybody's work. It's individual. You don't know what they're thinking. So you must deal with what, what you believe in yourself. Praise God. An example of this is a, is a poor self-image. Perhaps growing up, people have spoken down on you over and over again. You would never amount to nothing. That you are a failure in life. Good for nothing person. And all of a sudden, you assume this is your identity. So whenever you want to do something great, you remember. Somebody said I will never be great in life. Praise God. And all of a sudden, you are just how you want to do things in life. 
These are what strongholds in our mind. And if we are going to advance according to God's pattern, then we must begin to what? adjust our mindsets. Praise God. We must begin to adjust our mindsets. The trend of Israel. The Bible says in Numbers 13 from the text 33, it says, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. For they gave children of Israel a bad report of the land which they went to spy out, saying, The land though, or rather, through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who saw it are men of great stature. They are there we saw giants, the descendants of Anna from, came from giants, and we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. Praise God. We are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And because of how they saw themselves, he says that what? And so we were in their sight. Praise God. Mindsets. Praise the name of the Lord. Mindset. The man of God said that every believer's destiny is unlimited in scope. There is no limit to what you can do. You are the one that decides when the tax of flowing. I remember the day I read Second Kings four. Elijah told the lady or the woman of or the widow of Zarephath. He said, "Go and borrow a vessel." Praise God. But the extent of the oil was based on the number of vessels she borrowed. And so, if she kept on borrowing vessels, the oil would not cease. Praise the name of the Lord. And so there is no limit to what you can be. Don't limit yourself on account of what your parents could not do. Praise the name of the Lord. Every believer's destiny is unlimited in scope. Because the Bible said our word, and God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ever ask, you can ever think or imagine. But it says what? According to the power. So the more capacity you have, the more God is able to do. So the focus on me should be, Lord, how do I grow my capacity? Because the more I expand my vessel, the more I'm able to take more oil. Praise God. The bigger the vessel, the greater the oil. We know that what the oil equates to anointing. So the bigger your vessel, the more capacity you have, the more anointed you have. You are. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And finally, on the subject of advancement, is that you and I need favor. Praise God. You see, the Bible says that what? That except the Lord builds a house. They that labor. So it's possible for you to be the most hardworking, but yet nothing will show. Praise God. It's possible for you to be the most qualified, but yet you are the least prepared. This is the world that we live in. And so you see that favor is the mechanism that God has put in place to ensure that you and I progress. Praise the name of the Lord. Favor is the mechanism that God has put in place that you and I will make progress. And whether you like it or not, every person you see has the chance to favor you. Praise the name of the Lord. And today we are celebrating what? Mother's Day. Praise God. This month we know that what? It was International Women's Day. Whether you like it or not, women are carriers of God's favor. Hallelujah. Remember, I said that what first of all the devil will make you doubt your identity. But as a woman, do you know that you carry favor? Praise God. Because this is what the Bible says that when you know who you are, you will sell yourself for cheap. Praise the name of the Lord. 
The Bible said that he that findeth a wife findeth what a good thing. And so when you want to look at a man who is making progress, look at the wife. Praise God. There are people who have gotten married and their lives took a turn for the better. Praise the name of the Lord. Check out my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. At least she's not here, so it's good. Praise the name of the Lord. Every woman, you are a carrier of God's favor. And in turn, men, we must be mindful of how we treat our women. Because the truth is that what? It will be foolishness for you to try to abuse what is your favor. Praise God. It will be foolhardy for you to what? Abuse. Maybe not physically, but disregard the channel through which God is going to use to favor you. Praise the Lord. Because whether you like it or not, men may be the physical ones, but women carry a significant thing before God that can open or close a man's destiny. Praise God. Before God, women carry something unique that can either open a man's destiny or shut a man's destiny. You know, Mas Monroe will say that a woman is an incubator. Praise God. You give her happiness, she will give you a home. Give her worry and she'll give you help. Praise God. What you put in is what you get out. Praise God. Let's look at the life of Abraham even as we close. The Bible said that what there was famine in the land and Abraham had to be pleaded. Praise God. To see the power of women. The Bible said that down there was famine in the land and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was so severe. And he was about to enter Egypt. And he said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will do what? They will say, this is his wife. Then they will what? Kill me, but let you live. And he says, say you are my sister. So that what? I will be treated what? When? Hallelujah. So that I will be what? Treated what? Well, for your sake and my life will be spared because of what you. Hallelujah. So you must understand people that are in your life. Yes, people carry favor, but for I'm talking about in the context of marriage. Praise God. And so this is mindful of who you marry. That as a woman, even you, you are very well confident in yourself. I hold the key. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hold the key. But when the key does not have a door, the key is what? Useless. Because the reality of it is some men will think, oh, without this now, I'm the Alpha and Omega in my husband's life. But guess what? Your husband is the door. Praise the name of the Lord. This is why God created balance in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And so, in conclusion, Masmoro says, I measure a man by how much he loves his wife. And on this light, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the women. We love you. And we ask that God will continually bless and uphold your hands in Jesus' mighty name. Let us pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for your word that has come to chastise, to encourage, to build up, to transform us. Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. We ask that, Lord of God in heaven, you would preserve your word in the hearts of the hearers. And that, Lord, even for those who are yet to know you, that, Lord, you will minister to their hearts. For this is that time. No one can make progress except they advance on God's terms. 
And so perhaps you are here today or you are watching me online and you are yet to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Quickly, rather to say with me, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge that you died on the cross of Calvary for me. And on the third day you rose again. I ask that you cleanse me with your blood. Help me to walk in the rest of the new creation. Even as I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.